We, um, we've been looking at the Psalms. We've been picking up uh, themes in the Psalms. Paul uh, Rass brought an amazing word to us last week of the God that we worship, this massive subject, but Paul handled it so wonderfully. Um, and uh, we've been picking up on different themes. And today is another quite challenging theme that Paul said. He said, I don't know why I picked this one. And I, I, as soon as I started looking at it, I thought, why did I pick this? <laughs> but worship in the waiting. Worship in the waiting. But I just thought, no, this is significant. I want to begin by reading from Psalm 27. And uh, partway through, I'm going to highlight some things out of that. But we'll look at some other Psalms as well. But Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent or his tabernacle, set me high on a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not hand me over to the desire of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of it, the authority in it. We thank you for the guidance, the comfort, the strength. We just give these moments now. Speak to us through your word and give us ears to hear, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Worship in the waiting. Worship in the waiting. Uh, we live in a society, don't we, which is continuously trying to make every part of our lives easier and faster. Although, I don't know about you, my experience with some levels of technology is it just makes things a whole lot longer. Is that just me or is it others as well? Um, I spent uh, how long um, on Monday morning trying to fix my printer? <laughs> and uh, it's like, this is supposed to speed things up. <laughs> but, uh, however, the experience for many of us who've been followers of the Lord Jesus for any length of time 
is that God our Father works to a very different timetable. Um, for him, there's nothing wrong with waiting. In fact, I would go as far as to say that the Bible teaching teaches us very clearly that waiting can be and is a very good and a positive thing. That the Father often uses waiting to teach us, to grow us, and particularly, I think, to make us more like his son. We can feel like everything has stopped, it's on hold, but the truth is, God is at work all the time, amen? In the words of Michael W. Smith, even when I don't see it, you're working. We sing that one, don't we? Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Something is actually happening when nothing seems to be happening. Okay? I want to speak some truth into some of your lives today because I think we need to hear these things. Something is actually happening when nothing seems to be happening. And one of the key things to know is that God uses waiting to change us. The question is, how do we react? How do we response? There's no doubt that waiting can be hard, very hard at times. And our natural, frustration, uh, natural um, response reaction can be one of frustration, even anger at times. Or we can swing the other way. We can get into doubt. We can allow fear to creep in. And it's in those moments, those times, that we need to make some very significant choices, decisions. We can decide where we will allow those emotions to take us. Where will we allow those emotions to take us? There's a number of ways, of course, that we can go. One of which is to take the matter into our own hearts, our own hands, and make it happen in our own strength. How many of you know that one works out well? I've been there myself. It's like, this is not happening. I'll just go and make it happen. I'll go and, I'll go and sort it and fix it. Uh, always remember um, dear brother Richie Powell, who was the uh, lead pastor here some years ago. Remember him talking and telling me a story about a property bought here on the island. One day God said to him very clearly, did I tell you to do that? Never forgotten that story. But that's how it can be sometimes for us, is that we can find ourselves, this is too slow, it's not happening, I'm going to do God's work for him. But there is another way. There is another way. By God's grace and in his strength, it's to choose to wait for what he has for us. I came across this great quote from John Piper. Waiting on the Lord is the opposite of running ahead of the Lord. It's also the opposite of bailing out on the Lord. It's staying at your appointed place while he says stay. And it's going at his appointed pace when he says go. It's not impetuous. And it's not despairing. Isn't that a great quote? It's the opposite of running ahead, but it's also the opposite of bailing. 
There is a, there's a waiting. Now, I want to come into it in just a moment. What does this waiting mean? What does it look like? But it, first of all, he's saying it's staying at the appointed place while he says stay. It's going at his appointed pace while he says go. So it's got to be about listening to the Lord, hasn't it? It's got to be about looking to him. What are we going to do while we wait? Are we just to remain passive inactive, even stewing in the uncertainty. How many of you have ever stewed? Is it just me who does stewing? (laughs) Just, you know, oh, stewing. I think there's a better way. In fact, I believe there is a better way. It's not easy at times, not at all easy. But I want to go as far as to say this, that worship is essential to the process of waiting. Worship is essential to the process of waiting because having a Godward perspective helps us to persevere with patience and with hope. We could use another word there, endurance, to endure, to go through this time of waiting. I love the New Living Translation. Simon will be proud of me. Uh, the New Living Translation of Romans chapter 5 Verse 3, it says this, we can rejoice. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Really? For we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Do you hear that? This hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We can rejoice. We can rejoice. Why? Because there are things going on. There is more than we can immediately see. There is character, endurance, hope, strength of character, confidence. Confidence in what? In in our salvation, in the one who saved us. That's why worship is essential in the process of waiting. If we're going to grow in this endurance, if we're we're going to produce character, character that leads to hope, hope that does not disappoint us, it must be as we are filled, fueled with God would worship. Okay? That's why, so it's about where are we looking? Where are we fixing our eyes? What does this Godward worship look like? Or to put it another way, what is our spiritual posture? Thank you to Jack, who's keeping up with me and my, my notes. <laughs> so I'm going, to look, I'm going to come to Psalm 27 in just a second. But just before we do, I want to look at a couple of other Psalms. Psalm 5. Psalm 5, verse 3. In the morning, Lord. Just stop there for a moment. First, the first thing. In the morning. Do you wake up and go, oh no, another day of waiting? I know that feeling. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. Not I hear your voice. Lord, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, Lord, I lay my requests before you. First thing, first thing. What's the first thing I say? What's the first thing I do after groaning when the feet hit the floor? But do you see what it says there? In the morning I lay my request before you, Lord, and wait 
expectantly. Expectantly. This is not passive. This is activated faith. This is spiritual eyes and ears open. Waiting expectantly. You know what it is. Um, whether you've carried a child in expectant, uh, you've been expectant, or you've been around those who are carrying a child, there, there is an expectancy. There is a waiting. There's a counting off of the days and the time. Yes, there are challenges. Those of you who uh, have carried children or have been around those who carry children, there are days when it's like, oh, I can't take this any longer. I just... I just want to get it out now is a phrase I've heard more than once, I'm sure. <laughs> but there, there, I wait expectantly. This is not passive. This is not stewing. It, there's something active. Brothers and sisters, we have a God who speaks and who leads. Do we expect it? Do we expect it? Do we expect it? Why are we so surprised when, when things happen? I think sometimes things are surprising, but sometimes I just didn't expect it. I wasn't in that place of expectancy. Psalm 27, verse 13. I remain confident of this. Here's the expectancy. Here's the faith activate. I will see. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will, I will. Psalm 27, verse 13. Verse 14, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. Be strong. He's a God who speaks, he does speak. Wait for the Lord. So, I mean, there's lots of these verses and there's lots of these activating things that we can read. But I just want to come to Psalm 27 for a few moments. It's a great illustration of worship in the waiting. The psalm opens with this confident question that we read, whom shall I fear? He's very confident, isn't he? Whom shall I fear? But it's quite obvious he has a great deal <coughs> to fear. <coughs> um, armies clearly around him, enemies coming against him, and he, he, de he describes them as evil, as evil intent on every side. And yet he expresses a confidence as he waits to be saved. He's waiting to be saved. He's literally facing evil attack. Fear would be a very understandable emotion um, at this moment. Fear, you know, it's like, look, they're coming. Even I can see them coming over the hills in the, the distance. But then I love this faith declaration. And I think there are things that we need at times to declare by faith. I was having a lovely conversation with Kathleen just before and she was talking about one moment in the night <clears throat> when she needed to declare truth. Do you see what he says? My heart will not fear. There's a faith declaration and there are times when we need to speak to ourselves. We need to speak to ourselves. Now this is not just a sort of a power of positive thinking. I'll come to this in just a moment. This is about truth. But we speak to ourselves. My heart will not fear. We can, we can feel um, waves coming. But it, it's not wishful thinking. It's not the power of positive thinking. It's about truth. My heart will not fear because. And then I need to get into the because. 
And that's where I want to go now. But my heart will not fear, but there's a declaration. My heart will not fear. Why? Because I've got the ability? No, I haven't got the ability. Whatever I've tried has failed. There's something bigger. There's something fuller. My heart will not fear. No, my focus, my vision, my gaze is in a different place. He's not going to allow it a landing place. That's a freedom in Christ phrase. But it's so easy, isn't it, at times to, to give a landing place. All right? Give it, there's a thought that comes. The thought is not sin. It's giving it a landing place and then beginning to act on it. It's like, no. Take every thought captive and bring it obedient to Christ. No, I'm not going to. My heart will not fear. My focus, my gaze, my vision is one of worship. And it makes a difference. One thing I ask from the Lord, he said, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. In worship, he focuses not on the evil around him. Yes, it is coming. There are attacks coming. Things are coming against him. But he's not focusing there. What's he focusing on? The beauty of the Lord. You know, where we look and where we focus is so key, isn't it? So easy to to look at the challenges. And I, I don't want to belittle. Some of us may have big challenges that we're facing. But... If we're always checking the bank balance, if we're always looking at the medical reports, if that's what we're doing, I want to say to you that I believe our focus is in the wrong place. We need to come to another place of focus. It's looking. It doesn't mean that those things go away instantaneously. They're still there. But my confidence, my grows as I look to the one who meets my need. The beauty of the Lord. So he doesn't focus on the evil that surrounds him, but on the beauty of the Lord. He reminds himself of God's promise to be a refuge for those who fear him, to answer the prayers of those who cry out to him. This is Psalm 27. I'm just going back through the verses there, really. Not to forsake. God has not forsaken those he's committed to save. Such a great example of worship in the waiting, especially in the midst of trouble. To the point that he's even able to say, now my head shall be lifted above my enemies. The enemies all around me. I will offer in his tent, in his tabernacle, sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Do you see the difference in the focus? It's the difference. There's a worship in the waiting. I will sing. I'll make music to the Lord. And the end result of this worship is courage and confidence in the Lord and a willingness to wait for the deliverance of God. To wait with hope. He says, I believe I'm still confident of this. I believe or I'm still confident of this. I will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. He speaks to himself and he speaks to us. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take courage. Wait for the Lord. As we make a choice in our waiting to turn to our God in worship, 
what happens is we, we catch a bigger vision of his nature, of his character, of his strength, of his kindness. Inwardly, we're strengthened. We're encouraged. We're reinforced in the waiting that lies in front of us. I believe we don't stagnate in that kind of waiting, but we grow and even are blessed by it. Psalm 33, verse 20 says, we wait in hope. We wait in hope for the Lord. So this is not, again, wishful thinking. This is based on his nature, based on his character. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. It's a definition of faith, isn't it? We're trusting in his holy name. We're trusting in him. We're waiting in hope. It's not empty, chance-based hope, but sure and certain hope based on the nature and the character of God. And hope like that leads us to trust. Trusting in his character, trusting in his promises that are revealed in his word. To wait in hope is to recall is to bring to mind, to declare who he is and what he has done. I loved it this morning in our worship and in the prayers that we're bringing. We're speaking of our God, who he is, his nature and his character. We're bringing to mind, we're recalling who he is, what he has done and what he has promised. The thing about trust is it's an active thing, isn't it? You display trust. Whether you play one of those trust games, how do you say you trust the person behind you? Well, it's ultimately that you fall backwards and you believe they're going to catch you, and mostly they do, um, if you've ever played those games. Um, but, I mean, even to sit down on the chairs is to trust that the chair is going to hold you up. It's an act, trust is an active thing. It's no good saying to someone, I trust you, and then undermining them or taking the job away that you said you trusted them with, is it? You display trust. You act in certain ways because you trust. You put your money in the bank because you trust that the bank will look after it. That seems to work out most of the time anyway. <laughs> but this trust is displayed. There are many things to trust God about, many things. There are two I want to mention just briefly as we head towards communion. One, that God is powerful, and two, that he is loving. That he is powerful and that he is loving. Believing that God is powerful, uh, as, as Paul said last week, he is all-powerful. It's not just a bit powerful, but he is all-powerful, means that we can know he is in charge of what's happening. How often have you said, when you've seen people's circumstances or lives or marriage challenges or health challenges, and as far as you know, they don't know the Lord, how often have you maybe said to your husband, your wife, your friend, I don't know how they do it without the Lord? And, and that is a challenge. And that's why we want to be able to come alongside people and say there is one that you can trust. There is one who will come and stand with you and walk with you. So he is in charge of what's happening. Because if, you see, for me, the other side of the coin is if God is not in charge, then who is? 
I may not understand fully or, or at all. I may not understand what's going on. But I'm believing that things are not random and they are not out of his control. Amen. He is capable of both helping us through those moments, also of changing those moments. Much of our anxiety, and I know this for myself, in the waiting is because we can forget words like 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, that God is made, able to make all grace abound to you. He's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. What a scripture that is. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. Able to make all grace so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. It may not be that you always get what it was that you wanted, but he is with you and you will abound in his grace and his mercy. Amen? God is powerful. You are not at the mercy of your circumstances. You need to hear that. You are not at the mercy of... And secondly, believing that God is loving, meaning that there is care and purpose behind all that he does. He is loving. It means he's faithful. Faithful to help us right now, but he's also committed to blessing us in the, the season that we're going through and in the days to come. It means that his judgment and his timing is perfect and good. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 assures us he has promised to give us everything we need according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. These are truths that we focus on as we worship in the waiting. And it changes us, it brings hope, strengthens our character, brings strength, and it assures us of our salvation. It's in worship that God the Holy Spirit opens our eyes so that we're able to see him in his glory. It's why we encourage one another to come into worship. It's why we encourage one another when we're going through challenges to open the Psalms, to read through them, to declare them. To see the resources that are available to us in Christ. It's in worship that the Spirit opens our eyes. It's why we, we need to uh, not, not um, put off worshipping. We need to come, always come back in to worship. See, when I get hold of all of these truths, I can actually come to the place of Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord. You think, where, where does this patience come from? It only comes by the Spirit. It only comes as my focus gets right, as I, as I gaze upon him and look upon him. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me. He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And then what did he do? He put a new song in my mouth a hymn of praise to our God. You hear that? Waiting patiently, worshipping. Worshipping, waiting patiently. A song. What is it, a song? It's a song of you are good, you are great, you are faithful. I've seen it, I've observed it, 
There are enemies around me. There are challenges around me. But one thing I do, I fix my eyes on you. Put a new song. Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. There's a challenge for you to take away. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that look like? My whole being waits. In his word, I put my hope. Now, there's a whole sermon in itself, isn't it? In his word. All what we've been doing all over the summer as we've been talking about the Psalms of worship, but we've been opening the word. That's where we come to put our hope and our faith. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. There's this, there's this more than. Here you've got these 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 guys, maybe women, I don't know, but they're on the walls, they're waiting, they're waiting for that first sunrise, waiting for sunrise to come, the cocks begin to crow, the the gates are going to be opened, etc., etc. But no, I've, I've got even more desire in my waiting for the Lord. An expectancy, I'm looking, he will answer, he will speak. I'm going to wait patiently, but I'm going to wait actively. Just hope some of these things are helpful, encouraging to you this morning. Am I saying that all waiting is easy? (laughs) All waiting will end quickly? No, please don't hear me. Some of you may have been waiting for certain things for a long time. I don't want to belittle that. But what I am saying is that as we make a conscious decision to take a spiritual, even a physical posture of worship, I speak to my heart, I even speak to my hands, my body, I I will worship the Lord. I will turn to Him. As we take that decision, as we lean on Him by faith, as we fix our eyes on Him, as we declare His praise... Trust and hope and faith will grow. Patience and endurance and character will grow. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. I just want to encourage us, just before we come to communion, just take a moment, ask the Holy Spirit to show you what is God doing in the midst of trials. If you feel you're in a trial, you're waiting on something, just even now you might quietly say, Holy Spirit, would you show me what it is that you're doing? Would you show me what you're teaching me? Would you open my eyes to see how you're growing my character? the maturing that you're doing in me. How I'm learning to recognize your hand. I'm learning to recognize your voice. Lord, I pray today for anyone here who is battling, who can see the enemy on the horizon, who's feeling the the challenge of the waiting. Lord, I pray that you'd enable them, empower them by your Holy Spirit, even today, to turn in worship, to turn in recognition of your nature, your character, turn to you to 
face you to like we've been doing when the sun comes out on these cloudy sunny days when the cloud the cloud parts and the sun comes we turn our face we say oh feel the warmth of that Lord I pray pray today for anyone who would just feel that felt the strength of the clouds even the colds would feel your warmth would be able to turn their face to you again Another song that we sing quite regularly, there is strength within the sorrow, there is beauty in our tears, you meet us in our mourning with a love that casts out fear, you are working in our waiting, you're sanctifying us, when beyond our understanding you're teaching us to trust, your plans are still to prosper, you've not forgotten us, you're with us in the fire. And the flood. You are faithful forever. That's the declaration. You are faithful forever. Perfect in love. You are sovereign over us. Well, to bring it into a Bible verse from the message version, Jeremiah 29, so famous. I know what I'm doing. I have it planned out. Plans to take care of you. Not to abandon you. Plans to give you a hope, a future that you hoped for. Amen. Lord, we come to this communion table now. Some of us waiting for specific things. Some of us asking. We turn our eyes again as we look again in our mind's eye at that story in that picture of Jesus with his disciples as he took the bread and as he broke it as he took the cup and as he gave it to them he said do this in remembrance not long after that of course we know that he told them to wait I'm sending you the promise promise Holy Spirit he will lead you into truth And as we take communion, each time there is a sense in which we are waiting for your return. We're waiting. But Lord, we don't wait stewing in our mess. We don't wait passively. Lord, we eagerly anticipate your coming again. As we take this communion today, we eagerly anticipate. We give thanks that you died. We give thanks for our sin forgiven. We give thanks that you rose again. And we give thanks, Lord, that you are coming again. So, Lord, as we take communion in, in just a moment, Lord, I pray that there would be that sense of recognizing you have promised, I will come again. But more than that, Lord, you said, I know you, I love you. I will meet your need. I will supply what you need. So Lord, we come to this uh, communion and we want to feed on you by faith. We want to thank you for the promise that you will be with us, that you will not leave us, that you will sustain us. Thank you, Father. Thank you.